All right. Good to see everyone. What a week we've had at ALC. God has moved in great and more glorious ways. And I'm, uh, I'm honored to be here today. I'm honored to sit behind this, which so many great men have sat behind, and women, and shared their word to us. And, and I must say, I've got to be the least of these because the, it, they're so phenomenal. We're so fortunate for the people that we have come in here and speak. So today, uh, I hope this is a word of encouragement to you. But it's also a word of, hopefully, what we're going to see in our church going forward. And uh, so if you would, stand with me, and we're going to read from the Holy Word. The first, I'm going to read two different ones, Proverbs uh, 29, 18, and Luke 5, 36, 37, and 38. So it won't be long. Uh, Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. In Luke 5, 36, it starts, No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, he will both tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts on new wine. We've heard wine today, hadn't we? Into old wineskins. The new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled out. And the skins will be ruined. For the new wine must be put into new wineskins. You may be seated. I had no clue they were going to do that song, <laughs> but I'm glad they did. I think this Holy Spirit moving, right? Yeah. So uh, it happens so often here. Uh, so I, uh, I thank Larry and uh, the elders for letting me sit up here. Normally, I'm not from the Charles Simpson tree, but normally they start with a joke, right? So I'll start with my favorite Brother Charles joke. He says they were in Gatlinburg, and he and Larry are standing at a corner waiting to cross the road. And they kept hearing this noise, this squeaky little noise. And they looked down, and yo and behold, there's a frog, a little tiny frog, squeaking up and jumping up and down, trying to get on their leg. And he looks at it and says, what is that? Larry says, I don't know, but pick it up. And uh, he says, so he picked it up, and this little frog is a woman. And the woman's trapped in the frog's body. And the woman says, the frog says to Brother Charles, if you but kiss me, I will love you the rest of my life. I will take care of you. You will never have anything to worry about again, and I'll always be there for you. Just kiss me. And Brother Charles takes a frog and he puts it in his pocket. And Larry said, why did you do that? And Brother Charles says, at this age, I'd rather have a talking frog. 
I'm not suggesting anything, but we're, <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful. I know, uh, I think I might scare Larry when I get up there. I might say something really stupid, but we'll try not to. And so before we start, I'll, I'll say this. The opinions expressed by this speaker do not necessarily represent the opinions of the staff and the pastor. If you are confused, please contact Holy Spirit and he'll straighten it out for you. Uh, last week in this Wednesday night, I think we saw something in this church that we haven't seen before. Did everybody enjoy yourself? You know, so good to speak to people that you don't get to really spend time with. And we know that you can only do so much in here. That's why small groups are so important. The testimonies from the small groups are phenomenal. Um, but many of you mentioned to me that how they loved the meeting, and some even said it was the best day I've ever had at ALC. And that was last Saturday. And Friday night and Saturday, they were all fantastic. God moved. And then we came to Wednesday night. Anybody here that enjoyed Wednesday night? Amen. God is moving in this church. He's moving around the world. You know, uh, just a few weeks ago, thousands met in an auditorium in Auburn, at Auburn University. The uh, coaches were part of it, even Bruce Pearl, who is a Jew. And after the, as the service was ending, one of the football players came down and gave his life to the Lord. And he says, I want to be baptized. There's no baptism in the gym. There's nothing to get into. So the whole crowd went around this pond that's in the middle of the, of the uh, university. And not only did he get baptized, 126 other people, young students, got baptized. Two days later, at Texas A&M University, an impromptu gathering came together. And all of a sudden, they have to find a place to baptize. So they go down to the pond at Texas A&M University, and 108 people get baptized. You won't see it on TV. You won't hear it on the radio. I got a note from my friend, Israel Kim, my wife and my friend. He's a phenomenal man of God. And he is in, he moved to Portland, uh, Oregon for a, uh, no, he moved to Seattle uh, to minister out there. The Lord called him out there. He's, an Israel, he's a South Korean whose mission field is the United States. Now, it sounds backwards, right? But he, called, he, he texted me the other day and showed me a little tape. They have gone into the streets of Portland and Seattle and are preaching the gospel amongst the ones who take, have occupied those towns. And it started with a, just a little bitty thing on a corner one day. In both cities this past week, this past weekend, they had thousands of young people, students and others, and even older people, walking the streets, singing, as we talked about in the song there, singing praises to God. One, one estimation was in Portland was 10,000 people walking down the streets. 
It was a beautiful scene. God's moving. Which brings me to my subject to the, today. Where do we go from here? God has touched us. God has made changes. In the prayer over the last week, I've had people come to me and say, I want more, I want more, I want more. God's got more. When the, uh, when the uh, people showed up last week, I was, honestly, I was shocked. How many hamburgers did we cook, Chris? All but 10, right? About 80 hamburgers, all the hot dogs, all the bratwurst, all the food there. I mean, it was wonderful. And then to sit out there and just take in all the talent we have and be with one another, it was a phenomenal day. So the first verse we discussed today is, Vision. And vision is the ability to plan the future with imagination and wisdom. I want that. I looked that that up in Webster's and I said, whoa, that's exactly what it is. The last 10 days have showed that there's a vision that we have to look for going forward. Now, not only corporately, but individually. What's your vision for your life and where you're going? Where is this church going? Because it's not going to stand still. The church today is not what it's going to be two years from now. It's changing. God is changing things. We all want to be a part of that. Not that anything we do is wrong. What's going to happen is God's going to add to what we're doing now. And we're going to go forward and walk in victory. It's truly going to be all God. And we need to think about the verse about change, about new wine and new wineskins. This is new wine that he's pouring out over this country and over his church. And you know what happens with wineskins when they get old? They harden up. And then when you fill them up, they burst. And then there's nothing left but what's on the ground. Not only do we need the new wine from the Lord, from Holy Spirit, we need the new wineskins to hold the wine. And who are these? What is this wineskin? Who is this wineskin? It's you and you and you and you. You're sitting on it right now. It's your, you're the wineskins. You're the one that holds what God gives us and are responsible for making it work. We have new wineskins in the making right now, and that's with you. We're fortunate, fortunate to have a people such as you. When I was uh, at Service Merchandise Company, I was in charge of a huge group of people. About $1.5 billion a year went through my desk. And we just, 
our division just killed it year after year after year. We always, for what it, God's grace, God's favor, just killed it. And they couldn't understand why. And so they came to me one day and they said, how, how do you do this every year? I said, it's the people. I didn't have to have a million people to do it. We don't have to have 10,000 people in this church to do it. But it's the people. And what I see in this church is quality. And Larry knows I don't really like to talk about that we're a small church because a small church can do great things. It's not how many sit in here. It's how many is affected out there. We're phenomenal people. You people, gosh, when you're called upon, it is amazing, amazing. We have our challenges. Wednesday night, we took time to attack those some of those challenges head on with prayer, praise, and just seeking the Lord and speaking the word. And it was amazing some of the things that came out. People shared their heart, and it was a beautiful service. And the Holy Spirit was fantastic. By the way, last Sunday, and this Sunday to some extent, the praise and worship was exalted. I walked in here last Sunday. And we were all excited about the days before, right? But there were people in the chairs before 930. That had to be encouraging, Don. <laughs> and then we started worshiping, worshiping. It was like a wall of praise just poured out. And today was much like it. But it was incredible. And the Lord said to me just plainly, says, this is the way it's going to be. And that's the way it's going to be. So I, I urge you to get here early. So, in the you know... These people up here have got so much talent. By the way, I'm not preaching today. I'm just talking. These people up here have so much talent, and they put so much into it. Imagine how much it means to them to see these seats filled. Because this is part of worship. This is part of our service. This is part of, this might be the most important thing we do. You know, the Bible says he exalts in our praise. I mean, here he is, and here we are. It was beautiful. Let's continue that in all things. So today I wanted to create, I asked the Lord this week, what are we going to look like going forward? Now, this is one person's opinion, ran by nobody except Holy Spirit <laughs> and God. Majority? <laughs> Amen. So... Do you know what a decree is? Decree is a proclamation. Jesus decreed a lot of things, especially in healing. Instead of going up and praying sometimes, people, he would go up and say, be healed. And today, I'm going to decree some things just based on what the Lord showed me. And I'm going to trust it and I'm doing it in faith. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to want to step out and in faith and decree that that by the way we won't be long today because I only did two pages because that's all he gave me 
Number one, I decree that decisions we make will always be based on the Word of God and His leading through the Holy Spirit. It's not based on somebody's opinion. It's the Word that matters. I decree that the doors of this church will always be open to all, especially the fallen. And who hasn't fallen? I'm decreeing that praise and worship will become even more exalted than ever before. We saw a glimpse of it last week, and it was exciting. But more than that, you could feel the Holy Spirit in this room. I decree that that's going to continue and grow. I decree that the gifts of the Spirit will be manifested in ways that have never been seen before in this church. I'm going to give you a little story. I got a friend in Indiana. We prayed for him before. Uh, He became friends with Don and Dixie. By the way, thanks for having me in your home yesterday, and I hope that you had a great day with your family later. What a blessing they are. She's got a prophetic gift that's fantastic. So my friend in Indiana was facing a super change in his life. His kids were trying to take over guardianship, as they call it there, which meant they ran everything. He could do nothing without them, and they would control all his money. And they were doing it because... They were concerned about a business endeavor that we've been working on for a while. And they uh, they were concerned about their, their inheritance. And there's a lot of money involved in that inheritance. And so they said some awful things to the judge about him. And untrue things. And so he had to take some tests whether you had dementia or not and other things, he passed the ball. And we saw Dixie three weeks ago yesterday at Ann and Larry's uh, 50th anniversary party. And am I close enough? Okay. Uh, Whenever I see her, she is so excited and I think she forgets my name because she calls me honey all the time. But she calls everybody honey. Okay, she called me honey. She always calls me honey. So I went over there and she'd forgotten. She'd forgotten her uh, ear earplugs, earphones, hearing aids, whatever. She couldn't hear. She couldn't hear anything. You had to write something down on the paper to talk to. And she says, "How's our?" She grabbed my shirt, pulled me down. She says, "How's our friend?" And I started saying, Don says, don't answer that. She can't hear a thing. <laughs> you can write it on a thing. Then she reached up and grabbed me again and says, you tell our friend that within two weeks, all his enemies will fall away. Two days before the two weeks came, we got a phone call from the lawyer. They had dropped the case. Glory to God. Amazing. And all that weight 
that his family was tearing up, that they were trying to take over everything from him. He was just distraught. Who are you? Anybody would be. And all that weight came lifting off. And what a sight. And, you know, we didn't get an explanation why, but I think it had something to do with Holy Spirit, don't you? I think so. So things like this happen all the time. We pray for people and things happen. You pray for things and things happen. And you know what? Debbie Hullett prays for things and they happen. And she's got something to share with us. Where'd she go? That wouldn't cue enough. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's right. Um, uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've become uh, one of the cafeteria monitors at the Gladeville Elementary School. And I'm, 30 years ago, I did it at the Mount Juliet Elementary when our kids were small. So my grandkids are now at Gladeville, and they were needing someone. So, I, well, if I pass everything, then so be it. I'll do it. So I'm doing it. And um, this week, I was reminded of something, and I, I'll title it Pickles. Because um, there was a little boy and a little girl sitting at a table, fifth graders, and uh, they were not of the same race, obviously not of the same sex, and the little girl was offended. She had her feelings hurt. Their hands go up. We're dealing with stuff all the time. Need stuff open, but also there's issues you deal with. So she had her feelings hurt. The little boy, he didn't like pickles, and she had dill pickles on her plate, and he's, he's bad-mouthing them and being ugly about it, and she's sitting there. Her feelings are hurt. And I said, uh, so you're upset because he don't like pickles? And she said, well, he's being mean. And I said, okay. But I said, but you like pickles? She said, yes. And I said, do you still like pickles? She said, yes. I said, but he don't like pickles. She said, yes. And I said, well... Now, he might have a reason not to like pickles, and he's probably saying it in ways you don't want to hear it. But, like, if he eats pickles, he might get sick, and you don't want him sick next to you, right? No. I said, so it's okay if he don't like pickles, right? Yes. And I said, and it's not nice the way he's saying it. I agree with you. But don't let him take your joy away from you liking your pickles, like your pickles, and don't worry about him. Just turn the other way. Ignore him. You don't even have to look at him. I said, are you okay with that? She said, yes. And I looked at him, and I said, are you okay with that? He said, yes. So they sat together every day <laughs> at lunch. But it reminded me, we don't have control over the person next to us. Amen. How they say, what they say, how they say it, what they think, how they think it. We have no control over that. We have control over us and how we allow it to affect us. Amen. Amen. It's hard to follow pickles. <laughs> I don't know how I can do that. That's just one story. I am sure there are stories throughout this room that we could spend t- 10 hours on just every day as, as we go, as Larry says, right? Things happen in our lives, and it's beautiful. It's not that we're out there trying to preach to everybody we see. Just God puts people in our lives. So we're going to see those manifestations going forward, and it will be in a lot of different ways. 
the gifts of the Spirit, the prophetic word, other things, I decree that we're going to see those again in our church. I decree we will become a kingdom living church, much as the first century did, church did, walking daily with God and in all things being led by the Spirit. When we get together, we have fun, don't we? And we got testimonies. And we got the goodness of God to share with one another. And we're not stuck in a room by ourselves with nothing to do and nothing to say. It's important for us to be together. Not just in this time when we don't have a, we're not able to talk to each other, but in small groups, in the things that we've done in the last week, in the many. Charlie put together a baseball game. And 40 people showed up from our church. I mean, that's kingdom living right there. That's kingdom living. And uh, we have a Zoom group on Wednesday night. And we talk a lot about kingdom living. If somebody goes through something, they somebody will say, that's kingdom living. And it is a beautiful thing. That, and then we're going to walk in the fullness of that. We're going become experts in one anothering. One anothering will be common upon with us, and people will see it. And it will multiply not only who we talk to and who we're with, but those who come into our congregation. Because people want to one another. Others will know us by our love. There's going to be an outpouring of love from this church to our community, to our, each other, and to the world. I don't know how all this is going to work. This is just what the Lord showed me. There will be new leadership that will step forward as strong and faithful men and women to fill the gaps as we go forward. I don't know if you've noticed it yet, but our leadership has gotten a little old. People have to step up because we're going to step out. We're going to step up. And we need those people to start doing this. Listen, everybody has a role. We're formed together, together like this. And each one has a role in this church. And listen, I will say this. Since I was 60 years old, I think I've progressed farther than I did in the first 60 years. I've learned more. God's put more opportunities with me to share with people than ever before when I got old. You know what? That's the way it should be. Remember the old days? Well, a couple of us do. <laughs> Where the grandparents lived at home and all the wisdom that they brought, the things that you learned now we ship them away. We're missing a lot. We have something for everybody here. We need to continue to think about bridging the gap and us olders pouring into the, you youngins. But there's something there, something there that's moving. There's going to be new ministries that will spring forth from within our church to meet the needs of our congregation. 
ministries such as healing ministry, the prophetic ministry, the community ministries, developing all types of ministry that can develop. And you are the person to lead it. I like Larry. You go with Larry with an idea, and he says, good, you can do that. You can do it if you don't blame us, if you're not doing something, because you've got that opportunity. Bring it to us. We'll support you 100%. Fill the gap that we need filled. Let's don't sit by ourselves anymore. We will be a church that engulfs ourselves in the Word of God as He increases our faith daily. Sometimes, because we're so beat down with things of the world, our faith is not there. We need to fill that void every day. We need to be in the Word. Barna said that uh, less than 10% of Christians read the Bible on a daily basis. He said that number was like 60% 40 years ago. That's our strength. That's our sword. That's the one offensive weapon we've got is the Word of God. I believe this church is going to take that mantle and run with it. We will begin to find ministering opportunities in ways that we never dreamed of. Sean Pody's home group. Sean and Kelly done a phenomenal job. He felt strong that the Lord was pushing them to move to one Wednesday night a month. But the other Wednesday nights are for getting together and going to eat with somebody. Going and seeing somebody. Somebody needs seeing. What a beautiful thing. And when they come together once a month, people have got, got stories to tell, right? It's great. You, most of y'all know the West Falls. They used to sit, they usually sit right over there. You couldn't be there to, here today. They started Tuesday night tacos. And they invite the people that come to meet them at the taco place. And this last week, it was planned at the Lomases to be Taco Tuesday on Wednesday with a Thursday night group also coming on board. Pam was going to cook tacos, but I'm sure you're going to do that again, right? Now, what a unique way. But it's fun, right? It's enjoyable. I've told you a little bit about Zoom meetings. I am shocked. We're three and a half years into this one Zoom group in in the Midwest, and nobody misses. I mean, just rarely. And the love and the the passion of these people for Christ. We had a lady. Um, my buddy has a, we call it the woods, has a stream going through it. He made places People bring their RVs down and sit with, sit there. It doesn't charge anything, especially people in ministry. You can bring your, your trailer or whatever you want to and just stay. It's beautiful. And uh, he was one of the guys was there last two weeks ago and he was cooking cooking out on an open stove outside. And the people next door now this is sixty four acres, right? People next door who has probably twice that much. You can't see the house. You don't know anything that's going on. But 
he drove his tractor by. He said, I, I could smell the fire going. He says, I brought you some extra wood. So they never met. Well, he came by and he, they were praying. He said, what are you doing? So we're here praying and seeking the Lord. And, uh, well, you need to meet my daughter. Now he and his wife are Catholic. And this scared them to death because uh, she went to college up to Purdue and went to a non-denominational church, and <laughs> she hadn't been back to Catholic church since. Anyway, <laughs> God called her to be a missionary, and she travels the world, especially the Middle East and Western Europe, and. She's not affiliated with anybody. She just does what God tells her to do. In a story, and so we said, they said, why don't you come to the meeting Wednesday night? Well, That's probably a month ago. She's been to every meeting since. Has words for people. Just so excited to be there. And this week she said, I'm not going to be here for a while. The Lord wants me to go to the Middle East. So she's flying to Iraq this week. Just, but man. This is how God's putting people together. We had we had no clue. I mean, that's just the Lord. So, who does all this? Holy Spirit does it. But you're the vessel. You're the ones that are going to see this church fulfill its ultimate mission. I'll probably be, I'll be long gone. But you're going to do it. Each and every one of you have something to give. This church is going to change. Not kick anything else out that we're doing, but God's going to move. And we all want God to move in this church, right? The elders can't do it for you, but we can walk along beside you. And we can help you fulfill your callings. We are here for you. How long are we going to carry the old wineskins? How long before we put the new wineskins on and enjoy the new wine? How long? What is your vision for this church? What is your vision for your life? Don't know? Ask the Lord. Get in the Word and go for self at praise. One thing I can tell you, we're not going to stand still we will not be status quo. There's a battle brewing in this country and in the world right now like we've never seen. Playing time is over. We don't have time to play anymore. The battle must be won. The victory is ours. And the time is now. Don, I don't know who's here, but could we play a little new wine? foot's gone to sleep. <laughs> I'd ask you uh, as they come up, are you willing to make the sacrifice? Are you willing to take the step? And I'm not asking you to come up. 
I'm asking you to, I'd like for you to close your eyes and listen to the words.
ready for the new wine? I encourage you to seek the Lord's face. Figure out what your role is and start praying these things into existence. They just don't happen by showing up. Let me pray. Father, I'm I'm so blessed to have my wife, my family, my life, and people like these around me who surround me. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this church. I thank you for what you've done in this church. And I thank you, Lord, that we're going to move from glory to glory to glory. Father, bless each one on this week and give them a new, refreshed look at the new wine. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. If anybody needs ministering to, we'll be here. If not, have a wonderful week. Thank you.